We're glad that you joined us this morning, and we pray that that time of worship was uplifting to you and encouraging to you. This morning, we just wanted to give you an update on Pastor Rands. I received word from him this morning that uh, he is doing much better and uh, progress is happening. And uh, he believes that he will be able to be released from the hospital this evening. So if you would just continue praying for him and praying for healing, uh, we believe that God can uh, heal his body and get him back with us very quickly. So uh, thank you for praying for him and for those uh, others who you may know who are sick. Uh, just keep them in your prayers. This morning, I wanted to bring a thought to you that I believe uh, and hope that will be an encouragement and a help to you uh, during this time. There's so many things that are going on and our world seems a little bit crazy that uh, this message this morning, I believe and hope that it brings hope to you, that it brings some encouragement to you today, that you leave our time together and God has spoken to your heart and you have the faith to go this week and live your life in the community and workplace that says to them that you have a faith that is real. Everybody likes a story. The stories that we hear oftentimes they're fictitious, sometimes they're true. And to me, a story that is true is way better than a story that is fictitious because I can get involved in that character and I can get involved in that story and the events and things that happened are just fantastic. I even like it better when the person who lived out that story is able to tell me what that story is. And I remember a few years ago, one of my children was doing a project for uh, school and that project required them to find a World War II veteran and talk to them about uh, World War II and the events that they had seen. And uh, so my, my daughter, uh, she asked me, she said, Dad, do we know any World War II veterans? And I told her, I said, absolutely. We know the best World War II veteran and that is your grandfather. I wish that uh, I could introduce you to my grandpa. Uh, he passed away just a couple of weeks ago and uh, he lived to be a 104 years of age. And it's just amazing that he lived that lifespan. And just as a young man in his, in his early 20s, he went off to war like so many other young men of that era did. And we call that era the greatest generation. And so I took Lacey to her grandfather and we sat in the assisted living home. And in that assisted living home, even though he was a, uh, about a hundred years of age, he was able to tell Lacey stories that I had never heard. It's amazing how that generation, uh, they came home from the war and they never told stories. They never talked about it. But now in those later years when ch grandchildren and great-grandchildren were asking them questions, they began to open up and they began to talk. And I sat there and I videotaped my daughter's conversation with her great-grandfather. And he told me, he said, Chris, he said, in the bottom drawer, there's a book there. Get that book out. And so I pulled this drawer open and in that drawer was a red book that I had never seen. And he said, open that up. He said, take a look at that book. 
And so I, I opened that book up and, and uh, he said, here, let me see it. And I, I gave it to him after leafing through a couple of pages. And this book contained pictures that he had taken during World War II. And I was just absolutely amazed. And he talked to my daughter about a few of these pictures. Then he handed the book back to me. And I sat there and I leafed through this book and I looked at all of the pictures of this war. And I heard the side, uh, the stories um, from my grandfather that I had never heard before. He showed pictures of when he was in Paris and, he, and the pictures of Paris and part of uh, France that had been bombed and destroyed, but Paris was beautiful. He showed pictures of them traveling through other European cities that had been destroyed uh, because of the war. He showed pictures of people that he came across. And then, he tur- then I turned to a page and I immediately knew what this page was about. And he had generals and he had uh, other military leaders that were in these pictures and he would name them who they were. These pictures were of the POW camps. These pictures were of the, uh, the Jews that were in the internment camps. And as I sat there and I looked at these pictures, and I heard his account of how he went into these camps and he saw the people and the malnourishment and the destruction and the mass graves that existed. I sat there in awe of the stories that he had. And the thing that hit me the most was the courage that he had to step out as a young man and move with action for a cause. This morning, we are going to look at a passage of scripture that I pray will help us to step out with action and move for a cause. If you'll turn in your Bibles to Matthew chapter number 14, Matthew chapter number 14, and we're going to look at a story this morning that I believe is a story of hope and courage, of faith that is demonstrated. And this morning, I pray that what we see in these pages, in these verses, will help us to live a life that is encouraging to the world around us, not because they hear it, but because they see it. I have in my office a little plaque that my daughter gave to me on Father's Day. Not this Father's Day, but several ago. And that little plaque reminds me on a daily basis of this truth. That plaque says this, I, uh, my dad didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. My dad didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. You see, what we do is so much greater than what we say. The world around us is not looking for the words we have. They're looking for the action that comes out of us. And this morning, as we look at Matthew chapter number 14, I want you to start in verse number 22. And we're going to read a few verses here, and then we're going to go back and we're going to talk about this and take a few points from this passage, and hopefully it encourages your heart today. In Matthew chapter number 14, starting in verse number 22, 
It says, in straightway, Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship. Now, this story, this particular event happens directly after the feeding of the 5,000. If you go back a few verses in Matthew 14, you see this miraculous thing that Jesus did. He took the five loaves and the two fish and he broke it into pieces and he fed over 5,000 people. And the disciples saw this happen and they were amazed at what Jesus did. The thousands of people that were there They saw this that Jesus did and they were amazed and they wanted him to be the Messiah. They wanted him to step forth and begin to take over the nation as had been prophesied and they thought that someone was gonna come in and rule the nation in a militarily kind of way. And Jesus did not want this to happen at this time. It was not his time. And so he had to move in such a fashion to to quell this movement that was going on. And so he sent his disciples away. And that's where we are in verse number 22. We are at the point where Jesus sends the disciples away after this event. So they had just seen Jesus do amazing things. And now they're going to go into an event that is going to challenge their faith. Let's read again in verse number 22. And straightway Jesus constrained his disciples to get into a ship and to go before him unto the other side while he sent the multitudes away. And when he had sent the multitudes away, he went up into a mountain apart to pray. And when the evening was come, he was there alone. Verse number 24. But the ship was now in the midst of the sea, tossed with waves, for the wind was contrary. And in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus went unto them walking on the sea. And when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled, saying, It is a spirit. And they cried out for fear. But straightway Jesus spake unto them, saying, Be of good cheer, it is I. Be not afraid. And Peter answered him and said, Lord, If it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. And he said, Come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. But when he saw the wind boisterous and he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. And immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith, wherefore didst thou doubt? Now we've seen, I believe, that you have heard messages, you have read this passage before, so this passage is not new. And I have heard messages preached, and I've even preached messages from this passage, and the truths that I've seen from there uh, are not what we're going to talk about this morning. This morning, we're going to talk about an audacious faith. What our world needs today is to see Christians who live an audacious faith. Not a faith that is mediocre, not a faith that is uh, wavering, but a faith that is audacious in standing for what Jesus says to them. There's four things I want you to see this morning. Number one, the presence of fear. Look at verse number 26. It says that when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were troubled saying, it is a spirit and they cried out for fear. You see, fear and faith can often exist at the same time. 
fear and faith can live in the same heart. You see, fear and faith are not absence from one another. It is a choice that we have when fear presents itself. Are we going to live in fear or are we going to live in faith? Fear blinds the eyes to the presence of the Lord. You see, Peter, in this situation, all of the disciples for that matter, were sitting in the boat and they saw Jesus. They did not know it was him at this point, but they saw him and fear overwhelmed them. When we live today, we are constantly faced with situations where fear can overwhelm us. Our job becomes questionable. Our health becomes questionable. And we've seen that this last week with pastor and others who have all of a sudden, they have a fever and all of a sudden fear begins to overwhelm their life. We have in life, our children get sick. We have in life, our parents go through a difficult situation. Our marriage struggles. We have all of these things that can happen and we have a choice. Will we live in fear or will we allow our faith to come forth? And this morning, I want to challenge us that we live in faith. When fear rears its ugly head, that we quell that fear and we allow ourselves to live in faith. So it is not the absence of fear that faith ex exhibits itself. It is in the presence of fear that faith is able to be raised up. And we're going to see here how Peter went from being fearful, as we see in verse number 26, Peter, along with all the other disciples, are fearful. But we're going to see how fear was able to be put down and Peter rose up in faith. So number one, we have the presence of fear. Number two, I want you to see that we have an audacious request. Look at verse number 28. It says, and Peter answered him and said, Lord, if it be thou, bid me come unto thee on the water. Now we all know Peter. We all know that Peter is one of those guys that he would move first before he thought. He would let the words come out before he even engaged his mind. Peter was one of those guys that would be a whole lot of fun to be around, but you wouldn't want to be Peter. And all of a sudden, Jesus says, it's me, don't be afraid. And what does Peter do? Peter says, Jesus if it's you, tell me to come. Bid me to come. I don't think if I was in a boat in the middle of a storm that I would ask anybody that I could to help me to get out of that boat. I wouldn't want to be out of that boat. I would want to stay inside that boat. But Peter, he had an audacious request. Fear is not quelled because of us living in timidity, fear is quelled because we begin to live out an audacious faith. And that audacious faith begins with an audacious request. Jesus, 
Do you want me to step out? If you do, will you bid me to come? Will you tell me to come? Today, I don't know what situation is going on in your life and you are sitting there in fear. Maybe it is an opportunity that is presented to you. Maybe it's a job that you're looking at and you're going, I don't know. Maybe it's a situation in your home or in your family and you're just not sure. You believe that God wants you to do something. It begins with an audacious request from you to God. God, if that is what you want me to do, bid me to come. And we see that Peter put forth this audacious request. But number three, not only was there the presence of fear, there was an audacious request, but there was an impossible command. Look at verse number 29. And he said, come. So Peter and the disciples, they have been rowing for hours in this boat. Jesus, remember at the beginning of this story, Jesus sent them away. It was still daylight. Jesus had sent them way, away, but it was the fourth watch of the night. So between 3 and 6 a.m., Jesus came to them in the storm. They saw him. Fear presented itself. Peter saw it was Jesus and said, Jesus, if it's you, bid me come. And Jesus says to Peter, come on. Come on. Jesus gave an impossible command. I don't know if you've ever been in a situation where fear has gripped you. I remember a few years ago, we went to Gatlinburg, Tennessee, and uh, there is a place there where you can bungee jump. And there were people, as we, we stood on the ground and we looked up to where these people were bungee jumping, and you could see fear gripping their soul. The eyes got really wide and the, the blood drained from their face and they were holding on and you could see the person standing there that runs the bungee jumping. He was encouraging them, just jump. It's safe, I promise you. You're not gonna get hurt. It's not that far. Don't worry about it. Many people have gone before you. And no matter what that man said or that woman said, that person who is getting ready to jump was not letting go of that railing and going to jump. And many people turned around and they said, I can't do it. I'm walking away. You see, when fear grips our soul, it is difficult for us to engage our faith. But Jesus, when he bids us to come, it allows us an opportunity to choose fear or faith. This morning, I want to ask you, what are you choosing? Are you choosing fear or are you choosing faith today? Last week, we talked about Elijah and listening for that still, small voice. And when that still, small voice speaks to you, fear is dispelled and faith can rise. 
And so we go back to our story of Peter. And Peter, he's in the boat. The waves are rocking. The storm is across the sky. Jesus is standing out there and he says to Peter, Peter, come on. And Peter, as Peter always does, Peter said, awesome, I'm out of here. And Peter jumps out of the boat. Now notice this. So number one was there was a presence of fear. Number two was an audacious request. Number three, an impossible command. And number four, an activated faith. Notice this. This is just fantastic. I hope that you're getting this this morning. I hope you're following along this morning. Because if we can truly get what Peter got, when the waves and storms of life come to us, when the problems and difficulties come to us, when everybody around us is cowering in fear, we will listen for the master's voice. And when he says, come, we will step out of the boat. Look at verse number 29 with me. It says, and he said, come. And when Peter was come down out of the ship, he walked on the water to go to Jesus. Peter got out of the boat. Can you imagine what the other disciples in that boat were saying? Peter, what are you doing, man? That water, do you not see the storm that is out there? Peter, did you not see that wave that just went by? Peter, do you not feel the rain? Peter, it is dark. How do you know you're gonna step on the water? Peter, you're gonna drown. Peter, you're gonna have this and that. And they went on and on and on, trying to discourage Peter from stepping out of the boat. But Peter said, I don't care what anybody else says, my savior, my Jesus, my master says to come. And Jesus watched as Peter believed what he said. And Peter stepped out of the boat and walked on the water to Jesus. Now I know we have heard this story time and time again. And we have heard people say that Peter lacked faith. If you look down at verse number 31, it says, and immediately Jesus stretched forth his hand and caught him and said unto him, O thou of little faith. I want you to see that Jesus recognized that Peter just had a little faith. But that little faith that Peter had allowed him to step out of the boat. You see, it doesn't take us to have much faith. Jesus said, if you had the faith of the grain of a mustard seed. It doesn't take much faith to have audacious faith. You see, I can see Peter after this time going back to the disciples and the disciples saying, dude, you went down. We told you not to get out of the boat. We told you you were going to drown. And Peter said, I may have drowned and getting closer to Jesus. I may have gone down. But did you see how many steps I took on the water? How many steps did you take on the water? Stories later on as the disciples got older to the younger generation. And they would talk about this time that Peter was the guy who was was dumb and the guy who was was thinking without thinking would do things and this guy who would say things and this guy who was impetuous Peter 
And Peter would come into those stories and he would say, but do you remember who has the world record for walking on water besides Jesus? That would be me. Peter was able to say, I walked on water further than all you other disciples. You see, for a moment, Peter allowed for his faith to dictate his walk. Let me say that again because it is so important for us in this day, right now in 2020. Peter allowed his faith to dictate his walk. My friend, we say that we are followers of Christ. We say that our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and his righteousness. But today, what is shaking your faith? Today, what is rocking your world? Today, what is making your world turn upside down and you're saying, I don't know how we can make it through this. Just as the disciples were cowering in that boat and Peter, with his little faith, stepped out of the boat, what is making your world seem like you're in the middle of a storm? And we have a choice. We either live in fear or we allow the little faith that we have to dictate how we truly walk. You see, the world is not looking for us to say the right thing. The world is looking at us saying, you say you believe in a savior. You say you believe in a God. But I don't see in your life that you are allowing that God to let you live any different than I'm living. You are afraid of the same things I'm afraid of. You see that your life is rocky just like my life. And I hear from you that you don't know what you're going to do. This morning, I want to challenge us, church, that our faith dictate our walk. If you truly are a follower of Jesus Christ, if you truly believe that God can do anything, then no matter what problem you're facing, no matter what difficulty you see, no matter what challenge comes across your path, you can step out in that little faith that you have and walk towards Jesus. You see, for a moment, Peter abandoned his fears and intently followed Christ. If we had a church, if we had a world, if we had Christians that fully believed, as Peter did, that when God tells us and promises us that he will never leave us, nor forsake us, that no matter what comes our way, we can faithfully step out and intently follow Christ. This morning, our world needs Christians that will determine to follow Christ 
no matter what happens. John Ortberg said this, there is something, someone inside of us who tells us there is more to life than sitting in a boat. You were made for something more. There is something inside of you that wants to walk on the water, to leave the comfort of routine existence and abandon yourself to the high adventure of following God. This morning, that quote that sits on my desk, my dad didn't tell me how to live. He lived and let me watch him do it. Let me talk to the moms and dads and the grandparents this morning. Your kids, your grandkids are watching you to see if the brand of faith that you have is one that's worth living, one that is worth following. We teach our kids and we tell our kids to be a success. But I want to tell you this morning, the disciples that sat in that boat, yes, they were safe. They didn't drown or begin to drown as Peter did. They weren't going down in the water. They thought that they were safe in the boat. They thought that they were making the wise decision. They thought that they were going to be the ones that would still be alive to tell the story of how they saw Jesus walk on the water. But it is Peter who this story is all about. We don't know how many disciples were in the boat, if they were all in the boat, what their names are. We don't have any name except for Peter's. And what our world needs, what our children need, what our grandchildren need is they need to see parents and grandparents who are willing to, in the little faith that they have, step out and follow Christ. What we need is parents and grandparents who are willing to challenge their grandchildren and their children not to live a life of success. The disciples that stayed in the boat were successful, but Peter was significant. Peter lived a life that was different than everybody else. He was willing to step out at God's command to come to him. And we need parents and grandparents to teach our children in this day and age not to live it safe, not to make sure you're finding the job that will pay enough, not the job that will keep uh, me comfortable when I retire and you can take care of me. We need parents and grandparents that will challenge their children and their grandchildren to live a life of success, one that God says to them, come. And we may look at that. We may not understand what God is doing in their life and how they're going to make it and how they're going to live and how am I going to live once I retire if my kid uh, goes off and is a missionary or my kid gives his life to medical missions or if my kid gives his life to serve in the inner city, whatever it is that God is calling them to do, we want our kids to be in the boat safe and live a life of success. And I challenge us today, church, that we would challenge our kids to live a life that is significant, not just successful. You see, because if we will challenge them to live a life of significance. We will see a generation grow up with audacious faith. In this first century, Jesus told 12 disciples, go and change the world. 
these men had a faith that they believed that God would do as he said. And they decided to step out and boldly follow him. This morning, are you living a life of audacious faith? Are you living a life that is a testimony to the world around you? This morning, I want you to see one last thing before we close. In verse number 30, it says, But when he saw the wind, so this is Peter. When Peter saw the wind boisterous, he was afraid. And beginning to sink, he cried, saying, Lord, save me. We are talking about audacious faith this morning. The first step in having audacious faith is acknowledging those words that Peter said. Now, Peter, I understand, was sinking and he was crying out to Jesus saying, God, Jesus, save me from drowning. I understand that. But this morning, if you are watching us online and or you're watching us on YouTube or on our TV program, and you do not have a relationship with Jesus Christ, the most important thing that you can say is, Lord, save me. Because you cannot live a life of audacious faith until you accept Jesus Christ as your Savior. And this morning, I want to challenge you to take a deep look inside. And I don't care if you have gone to church all of your life. I don't care if you are a, a, a deacon, an elder, if you are a leader in a church, if you are a Sunday school teacher, if you are the pastor's kid. God does not look for our position. He looks for us and our relationship with him. You see, Jesus Christ came to this world and he died on the cross to pay the punishment for me and for you. You see, our sin separates us from God. But Romans 10, 13 says that for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. 1 John 5 tells us that these things are written that we may know that we have eternal life. So these things that we see written in scripture are there so that we can know that we have a relationship with Jesus Christ, that we have accepted the gift of salvation. And this morning, the first step in having audacious faith is putting your faith and trust in him. In just a moment, we're gonna pray. And if you have never received Jesus Christ as your savior, this morning, I would challenge you. Would you put your faith and trust in him? Would you allow the gift of salvation that Jesus gives to us on the cross be accepted into your life that you could then spend eternity with God someday? This morning, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ and you have begun your relationship with him, how is your faith 
Are you living in fear as we saw at the beginning of this passage that the disciples, they saw and were afraid? Or are you living your life in such a fashion that your faith is an audacious faith and you are stepping out for Christ? I pray that we as a church begin to live a faith that our generations that are following us look at us and say, they didn't tell us how to live. They lived and we watched them do it. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, we are.